Hello and welcome to this edition of Wait a Week Mystery. I'm your host and author J.C. Bodden. In this week's podcast, I'll be sharing with you another chapter from my novel, Someone to Watch Over Me. If you like what you hear and can't wait a week for the next installment, Someone to Watch Over Me, as well as the other three books in the Devil and O'Quinn mystery series, is available in both Kindle and paperback format from Amazon. You can check out my website, jcbodden.com, for more information and the link to my Amazon page. Now, let's not wait any longer. Here we go with episode 130, Someone to Watch Over Me, chapter 30, True Colors Shining Through. Jenny's Story After Dad left, I pulled a glob of tissues from the box on the table and wadded them in my hand. I looked at Joe, who seemed almost as upset as me. Wow, I'm not sure what to do now. I leaned my head back on the couch and the tears began again. Joe stood where he had walked Dad to the door, and I knew he was wondering how to fix this. The problem was, he couldn't. You gonna be okay? he finally asked. Yes. No. I mean, I guess so. Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about anything right now. I patted the couch. Keep me company? Joe sat down carefully beside me, almost as if he thought I might explode. I felt him tense and surprised when I snuggled close to his side and put my head on his shoulder. He sat very still for a long moment and then, ever so slowly, picked up my hand. After a few minutes of me falling apart, he reached over and pulled the tissue box closer, and suddenly I was laughing and crying at the same time. He stared and I knew I had confused him. Besides my dad and Uncle Mickey, you're about the sweetest man I've ever known. I sat up and wiped my nose, and it occurred to me belatedly that I probably looked awful. Joe reddened. What's wrong? He looked away for a moment as if considering his words, and then back. As much as I respect your father and uncle, I'd rather you think of me differently. It was my turn to blush. Okay, enough crying, I said, trying to get a grip on all the emotions whirling around in my head. I pushed myself off the couch. I guess we need to tell the other girls, and find Wagner so we can tell him if he hasn't already heard over the radio or something. I'll be right back. Let me go wash my face. I came back feeling better. I knew my eyes were still red, but I had brushed my hair and pulled it up. Judging from the look on Joe's face, I must have looked better as well. He smiled that slow, graceful smile, the one that takes over his entire face, the one that takes my breath away. I stood there for a long time just looking at him, studying him the way he always seems to study me. Then I sat on the coffee table in front of him and took both his hands in mine. Suddenly there were so many things I wanted to say that I had to remind myself not to let the words tumble out too quickly, to give him time to follow. Joe, I want, I need, to say some things. First, I want to say thanks. Joe shook his head. You don't have to keep doing that, he began. I put my finger on his lips and stopped him. No, don't interrupt me. He closed his mouth and I smiled. I want to say thanks. I know I've said that a lot the last couple of days, but I really mean it. You're always here when I need you. You always know just the right thing to say or do. When I talk, you listen so carefully. It's like you really hear me, really see me. And, well, with everything that's happened these past few days, I realize tonight that you're a really good man and, for that matter, a really good friend. And God knows, I need a really good friend right now. 
Jenny, he started again, his voice rough, but I put my fingers on his lips again. And then, before I knew it was going to happen, I was kissing him. Not on the cheek this time, a full kiss, on the mouth, with my eyes closed. His warmth and strength reverberated through me. I had trouble catching my breath when I pulled away. Jenny, Jen, I, you... He smiled and shook his head, apparently helpless to finish his thought. Hush now. I laughed quietly and ran my fingers over his mouth again, liking the way it felt, thinking I wanted to kiss him again, thinking I wanted him to kiss me. You don't have to say anything. It's taken me a while to figure this out. Thanks for being patient with me. Joe instigated the next kiss. This one was deeper, more passionate, and I felt myself being dragged to a place I'd never been before. Safe, reckless, protected, thrilled. Before I realized what I had done, I was in his lap, exploring his mouth, tender and passionate at the same time. Being there, in his arms, I longed to stay in this exact spot forever. When the kiss ended, I knew what it was like to fall into the bottomless blue of his eyes. Jen, he sighed. Sweet Jen. Wow. He wrapped his strong arms around me as I snuggled my head against his shoulder. Yeah, wow, I answered, even though I knew he couldn't see my face, didn't know what I said. I listened to the pounding of his heart and realized mine was racing with the same fury. Wow, I repeated. The door to the apartment burst open and Carrie Wagner flew into the room shouting, Son of a bitch! I struggled to untangle myself from Joe's arms. Son of a bitch! Wagner repeated as he roughly shoved me aside. I slid to the floor as he yanked Joe off the couch by the front of his shirt. I'll kill you, you son of a bitch! Wagner, I shouted. Stop! Stop right now! I pushed to my feet and tried to wedge myself between the two men, despite the fact that my vision blurred from the suddenness of my standing. Wagner had gotten in two punches, and his next blow caught my shoulder, making me stagger against Joe, who grabbed my arms, picked me up, and set me to the side, actually kicking the coffee table out of his way. Wagner may have had the initial advantage of surprise, but his gym-constructed bulk was no match for Joe's strength and reflexes, refined by honest physical labor. Faster than I would have thought possible, Joe had Wagner from behind, his arm twisted sharply up around his back. Wagner made a choking noise as Joe tightened an elbow around his throat and hissed into his ear. That's the last time you'll ever touch her, asshole. Joe, stop, please. Now I was worried for Wagner's safety. Joe didn't look at me, but roughly twisted Wagner's arm further until I heard a popping noise. I stepped to Joe's side and grabbed his arm. He still didn't look at me, but kept the pressure on Wagner's windpipe, who was struggling for breath, his eyes turning glassy. As mad as I was at Wagner, I didn't want Joe to actually hurt him. Seriously, stop. For me, please. For a second longer, the rage flickered in his eyes, and then I saw him refocus on my face before he released Wagner and shoved him away. Wagner staggered, drawing several deep breaths, and then turned to Joe. You've just assaulted a cop, my friend. You're in serious trouble. His voice was ragged as he rubbed his neck and rotated his arm over his head, checking for damage. Joe shrugged, his left eye already swelling and darkening where one of Wagner's punches had landed. Want to go again? He said through gritted teeth as he kicked the overturned coffee table further away. Stop! I mean it! I stomped my foot for emphasis. This guy's bad news, Jen. He busts in here. Joe's mouth clamped shut, the rage threatening to boil over again. 
I stepped in front of Joe and turned to Wagner, who was still rubbing his neck. What's wrong with you? Wagner stared past me at Joe for a moment. Then he turned his back on him and pulled me along. Joe made a move to intervene, and Wagner quickly let go of me and held up both his hands. I shook my head at Joe. I'm sorry, honey, Wagner said, keeping his back to Joe. I just found out some bad news, and I came over here to tell you, and I see him all over you, and I just went a little crazy, that's all. I looked over Wagner's shoulder at Joe, whose fury was still just barely in check. What bad news, Wagner? About Amy Patterson? We already know. My dad stopped by and told us. Your dad was here? Yes, where have you been? I haven't seen you since that crap in the lobby. I've been here on patrol, doing my job, remember? Your job? Does that include breaking down my door? Who the hell do you think you are, busting in here and attacking Joe? He's done nothing wrong, but you can't seem to do anything right. Wagner laughed harshly and jabbed his finger toward Joe. He's done nothing wrong, huh? That's a joke. Just look at him. Seriously, take a good hard look. He stalked you, even killed Amy, just because he thought it was you. And now you're here with him in your apartment? God, you are so blind it's scary. Come on, Jenny, open your eyes. My eyes are open, I growled through my clenched teeth. In fact, I think I'm seeing more clearly tonight than I have in a while. I want you to leave. Get out. Me? I'm the one you're kicking out? Priceless, Wagner sneered. When he got to the door, he turned back. This is a mistake, Jenny O'Quinn. You'll see a big mistake. Joe's Story Joe watched enough of the exchange between Jenny and Carrie Wagner to know that something was very wrong. He was pushing his way to her when Jenny twisted out of Wagner's grasp and knocked him to the floor. He watched as she turned and stomped away. Despite his simmering rage at Wagner, he also had a flash of pride that she handled the problem so adequately herself. A few minutes later, the talent show began. Even Joe could tell that most of the acts were amateurish and not very good, but the audience seemed good-natured about it all. Several of the women started and stopped a couple of times. The tap dancer got flustered and quit right in the middle of her routine. Joe operated the spotlight, turning it off and on as Marcy cued him. Throughout the entire performance, he kept one eye on Jenny, sitting to the side, helping LaToya run the sound system. Carrie Wagner was nowhere to be seen. The last act was, apparently, the best. Joe had no idea whether it was that the singer was really good or if it was just that everyone was cheering because the show was over, but the crowd erupted at the end of her song. When the house lights came on and he doused the spot, he found Jenny's face. Her smile reminded him of the picture he had of her as a child at Thanksgiving. He felt his own face split into a huge grin. That concludes this week's chapter of Someone to Watch Over Me. Thanks for listening. To find out what happens next, please come back for episode 131 of Wait a Week Mystery, or visit jcbodden.com to order the book. Either way, I hope your wait is a happy one.